J Files on Double J. They're one of Australia's most beloved and influential indie bands. And at the core of their music has always been mateship. Their first ever show was a battle of the bands in 1995 at their high school in Perth. From there, they won a national uni band comp. Within six months, they were signed to Murmur Records alongside bands like Silverchair, Ammonia and Something for Kate. Within two years, they'd recorded and released their debut album, which went double platinum. And from there, across five studio albums and countless gigs, they've always remained the same four mates, Jebediah. I'm Gemma Pike. This is The J Files. In 2015, when Jebediah was celebrating their 20th anniversary as a band, we got all four members to come in and share a whole bunch of stories from their career and a whole lot of laughs. It was an all-encompassing chat about their early days, what it was like growing up in Perth and how they've managed to stay together after all this time. Double J's Mike Williams kicked off the chat by asking how they got their start, and it's a little bit cheeky. Early in 1995, Kevin Mitchell got a call from a teacher at his old school. This teacher had been told by the seniors that Kevin and guitarist Chris Damon were in a band, and he was hoping to hire them to play the school formal. So I pretty much just told a big fat lie. I said that, uh, yeah, we, were, we had a band, we played gigs. Basically, he was trying to just check out, asked a bunch of questions, and I just told big fat lies every time. I'm a little with bit shocked Nessie. by this. I don't think of Kevin as a habitual liar. Well, it's not habitual, it's just a one off. That was just the only time yeah. you've ever. Oh, no, and I we mean. Built, we built a whole career on it. <laughs> So Kevin needed to pull a band together. He got in touch with Vanessa Thornton. Ness was a guitarist at that point, and so we recruited Ness. But obviously, me and Chris were already playing guitar, so I think we sort of said, "Do you want to?" I owned a bass. I mean, we all had instruments. Your dad owned a bass. He bought it from some trash and treasure yeah, or something. Yeah, he did. You said, Thanks, "If Phil. you play bass in the band, you can play my dad's bass." Kevin and Chris Damon had gone to school together. Yeah, me and Chris so. had been jamming for ages at school, and. I used to play your drum kit when you weren't there, Brett. Yeah. That's totally cool. <laughs> That's Brett Mitchell. Brett came in when because our original first drummer didn't turn up to rehearsals. Yes, Brett is Kevin's older brother. That's he, actually he... how all the best things in my life have happened. The other guy hasn't turned up. <laughs> <laughs> that very first gig didn't go so well, but it didn't take long before Jebediah were touring around the country. Their first single played a huge part in that, a song called Jerks of Attention. Writing that song, I remember being pretty, pretty impressed by it as our, you know, best song at the time. I think the, the when we first started playing it, the song probably went for about twenty minutes. Yeah, we just, we just couldn't stop. Well, playing before it had any structure, oh, yeah. it was just these bits are really good and they go together like this, and you know, it became the favourite song in the set for me from day yeah, one. It was like a closer. We played it for the first time at the uh, camp, National Campus Band's final, I believe. That was the first time we played uh, it. I believe it was the first yeah. time we ever played it. And then we played it every gig after that. So that was, yeah, 95. I guess it came out at the end of 96, didn't it? 
They won the National Campus Band Comp, Triple J picked up jerks of attention, and the band was stoked. Obviously it was a huge thrill for us because we were all, you know, that's the station that we've been listening to growing up and generally it was a really ex- exciting time. You yeah, know, we'd, we'd, been, we'd signed to Murmur yep. at that stage. I mean, being a Perth band, you know, really quite expensive to travel, so that like signing the record deal then allowed us to tour to tour on the yeah. east coast which so yeah so we were doing we were a lot doing a lot of touring we were pretty much constantly on tour i guess between in that period you know between Jack's attention and and the first record getting doing just doing lots and lots of supports we did a, a tour with Powderfinger for example in that time because at that stage i think you know we had a following in Perth but we were still relatively uh, unknown but after only two years, all that changed with their debut album. The slightly odd way spaceship had launched and Jebediah had taken flight. Do you remember, <laughs> do you remember John O'Donnell, who was our A&R guy, coming to the studio one afternoon? We must have been mixing by that stage. And, I know you what know, you're going to say. About the, you know, he sort of just mentioned that the label would you know, be aiming for this album to go gold, to I, sell gold. I think you, you might actually have said something like, I think we've got a gold record on our hands. Mm, possibly, yeah. Mm. We just laughed. Yeah. Like, we, <laughs> good luck we, to you, mate. We couldn't, um, <laughs> having a gold record was something that we couldn't yet imagine for ourselves. It seemed, it seemed like a, um, an unrealistic expectation. But yeah, I mean, it turned out that he was right. So what happened when the album blows up? And it's looking like it's going to go, go gold. And what what are you guys thinking? This must be crazy. Well, we just thought that's how it happened for everyone. <laughs> we, we toured our butts off, though. Yeah, we were constantly, yeah. I mean, constantly we ha- on the road. I don't know how much time we had to think about it. No. Yeah. Really. Success and stuff came to us quite quickly. And, and we were just, I think we were having too much fun to ever really take too much of it on board, to be honest. But one song in particular from the album would hold a special place for music lovers around the country. A song about growing up, rite of passage and coming of age. Were you left out by your friends? Or were you lost for words when everybody finally told you what they thought? You can't keep up with the trend. It was just a, a very honest stream of conscious kind of... Bleh. <laughs> um, like as a lot of my lyric writing naive. was at that point. Absolutely, all of my lyrics at that point in time are naive. And, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, obviously, you know, connected with a bunch of kids. And, and also, we were kids ourselves, you know. So if I wrote a song like that now, it would be completely contrived. And I, I think that that song was the opposite of that. Just that the lyric of leaving home was obviously something that kind of just worked. It was so unself conscious. It didn't occur to us that really anyone else mm. would ever hear it or. or or analyse yeah, it or be affected by it. You I don't know. think we approached it as it was a, you know, a single. Like, this is no, this it was is just, how we... No, it was just one yeah, of a, of one a of group a, of songs. One of a number of our songs. And, yeah. I mean, if you look at the film clip, I mean, on the day, you, I mean, 
you don't really realise that your film clips are your promotion of the song. You I mean you just rock up and you, which is you why go, I wore Ugg boots in that uh, one. Brett just rocked up in his Ugg boots. <laughs> Who would do that? <laughs> Earlier, you know, ten AM <laughs> call or whatever, yeah. and he just I'm wore really his Ugg boots for the entire clip. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. You know what? I didn't even realise that. I think that's just all, all was part of what yeah, what people naive. responded to the fact yeah. that we clearly didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like looking back on it now, having such a big song off the first record, do you feel like it kind of uh, weighed you down a bit? Oh, no. Anyway. Look, it's, I'm just getting old. <laughs> just, just getting old. Everything weighs you down now. <laughs> no, no. It's just, it's just funny that the, the difference in perspective, you know, from 20 to, to 40. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think it's a universal thing, right? Let's zoom on in on it now. You know, we're celebrating well, twenty years. Where are we going to zoom? So, tell me about that change. What are you thinking? Just people sing along to it like they are twenty, mm. you know, and they're forty. Uh, so, I mean, in some ways, nothing has changed. We still play that song the same yeah. way we always played it. We it sounds the same. Mm. I mean, you could never cultivate that same thing again, and I probably no. wouldn't. You know, it would be ridiculous to try. But yeah. there's an element of. Sometimes you wonder, well, when, like, should we still be doing this? Is it, is it, is it okay? Is it allowed? <laughs> you know? And I think that the release of the last album was very gratifying. It, was, it felt like uh, it did just sort of justify it in, in a lot of ways. And um, our biggest sort of single ever, you know, after all that time was, it did feel like a sort of, yeah, a, a validation, I guess. They might have exploded out of the blocks with their double platinum debut album, Slightly Odd Way, in 97. But Jebediah never took any of this success for granted. Across their career, they've remained very active within their hometown music scene and helped foster emerging talent. Growing up in Perth, there is an inherent kind of isolation that I think everyone who grows up in Perth probably experiences to some extent. And so... At the time when our band started, it kind of felt like um, there wasn't really any bands that we were aware of apart from maybe Ammonia that, you know, were played on national radio and stuff like that. It it all seemed like this, you know, like a a foreign kind of world. So when we first started playing, I think we had a really tight community, you know, and I think that still exists now. I'm not (laughs) part of it, but, yeah, I think that fosters like a really tight musical community all the bands there's not so much kind of competition and because the industry doesn't exist live there but like there doesn't seem to be that sort of when a new band comes along that might have something good it's not destroyed really quickly by all that attention you know that yeah, attention there's definitely stuff. a freedom yeah freedom in it yeah What's maybe the one or two things that you guys are proud of most? Can we try and work that out? Yeah, look, I, I would easily say it. one of it is our ability to, to, to tour and just do what we do day after day and enjoy it, you know, like yeah. sit in a van for enjoy each 15 other's hours. Enjoy Yeah. One of the biggest challenges over 20 years is not breaking up. And so many people allow 
you know, they relinquish, you know, this sort of magical thing that they might have for petty, I think probably ultimately quite petty reasons. Yeah. And we Art gets in the I way. I guess that's, a, that. <laughs> it seems a silly thing, but, you know, if, when people ask that question, like, you know, what's the secret to being in a band for 20 years? And it is just as simple as... Don't break up. Don't break <laughs> yeah, up. That, that's your starting point. It's, it sounds yeah, ridiculous, it does but sound it's, silly, it's but, true. Yeah. Um, I was going to say... Well, you, we were quite lucky that none of us were complete arseholes, because that would have obviously not been a tenable situation for yeah. very long. I was going to say, a, um, uh, you know, I'm talking about highlights too, is um, when we first started getting gigs with the bands that we were massive fans of, when you start to become kind of accepted, if you're lucky enough, embraced by your heroes, you know? Bands like You Are Mine, Tumbleweed and Magic Dirt and Custard and these were all the bands that we were listening to at home and going to see at all ages shows whenever we got the opportunity and and they ended up being bands that we supported and then kind of becoming friends with and yeah. being in a community with. And When your idols become your almost your, your peers. peers. Yeah, yeah, you know. But I think, and, and carrying on from that, is, you know, when we started doing our own tours, pretty much every tour we ever did, we would take, you know, an up-and-coming Perth band along yeah. at, at, to play in the opening slot. And, and so over the years, we sort of, we've got a bunch of friends from our hometown who sort of grew up listening to us and their first experience touring was coming on the road with us and and so like I feel really proud of that mm, fact yeah. that we've you know been a part of the Perth scene and then had a, a small hand in I mean, I introducing we, yeah. them to the rest of the country. There's a first Early 2000s, it was a wild time for the band. Uh, they left their record label Murmur and started their own independent label, Redline. By 2005, they'd put out four studio albums. They'd done a ton of touring right across the country. They'd collaborated with Jimmy Eat World and even toured the States and Canada. After 10 years together, though, Jebediah called it a day. But it wasn't the end. And they made a triumphant return in 2011 with their fifth studio album, Kosciuszko. They kept very busy during the break from Jebediah, though. Uh, Brett Mitchell began drumming with fellow Perth band The Fuzz. Vanessa Thornton joined Felicity Groom's backing band and Chris Damon worked at the Perth record stores like Mills and 78s. And Kevin Mitchell? Well, he created an alter ego called Bob Evans. I got nothing, darling. All I've got are broken wings. A little love means everything. Surely there were times when maybe you came close to breaking up. I don't know, maybe. But you took a big break after your fourth after your fourth maybe album, there were. and then Ke- Kevin's obviously doing his stuff under the, the Bob Evans moniker. Mm. Maybe for the the three people, not Kevin. What was that like when you took a break? And uh, how did you guys feel about the Bob Evans project? Bob Evans was, was playing gigs before we even released Oddway. I was going to say, it, was, like because it we, started very early. We would all go to his solo gigs. Actually, probably even before you came up with the name Bob Evans. 
You're I'm, I'm staying out of this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but um, like we all played on his first record. Then he went and hired some professionals yeah, for the. Other couldn't afford proper yeah. musos, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's 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 an extension of Jebediah in lots of ways. Like I mean, Kev's taking a break from making a Jebediah record and just and having having Kevin worked really hard at exploring Bob, and we had gave us the opportunity to explore our own lives as well, you know, like and and just move away from the band and have other interests and. You know, yeah. I think the break, the break, has been sort of maybe a little bit blown out of proportion, or yeah, like we, you, because I think it, maybe it was six months that we didn't that we didn't rehearse get together, or yeah. get together. Yeah, that would have been the longest. But we probably didn't play a gig for two years, but we we're definitely jamming and writing and, and hanging so out. So we were actually yeah. all still together. I think like um, at the point at that ten year mark in two thousand and four, oh, sorry two thousand and five, when we did take that break, um, I think it was mostly just about sort of stepping off the treadmill a little bit because ten years, four records. I think you can get into the habit of like just putting out records for the sake of it, and I think we just kind of stepped off for a while, and we ended up just putting it, making a record and putting out a record when the motivations were were you know right rather than just well we're a band and this is what we do so mm. let's go back in the studio and churn yeah. out another record full of the same <laughs> old shit that you know well whilst there may have been times where people have you know entertained the possibility of breaking up I don't think oh, it's really? ever Did you? oh yeah, no. I think about I got a I got a wild imagination now so I think of way crazier shit than that uh, but, but I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's ever really... Uh, I don't think we've ever really come close. As I said before, the secret to Jebediah's longevity is that through all the ups and downs, they've always remained the same four mates. I'm Gemma Pike. Thanks for stopping by the J Files. I'll leave you now with some of your favourite Jebediah memories. Hey, this is Michael from Hobart, and my favourite Jebediah memory is seeing them on their slightly odd way anniversary tour. What I really liked about that gig was the way they all play their instruments and jump up and down in the same spot while they're playing. It's a nice throwback to, to a better era for me. Hi, this is Laura from Perth. My first Jebediah memory is seeing them backing up the Presidents of the United States of America in 95. We were the same age at the time, so they were in Year 12 when I was in Year 12 when they first kicked off, so all of their music was really relatable. The bops, you know, the jumping up and down, the moshing, the sweaty, slamming, dancing in mosh pits all around Perth and so much joy. Like a This is Nick from Perth. It was in 1996 and I went to see Weezer. Um, I was a big Weezer fan at the time and I kind of heard of Jebediah and they were the opening act for Weezer. And I remember being blown away by how good they were. Yeah, it's just really stuck with me and yeah, it's good to see a Perth band doing so well. Were you left out by your friends? Or were you lost for words when everybody finally told you what they thought? 
Hi, this is Rhiannon from Brisbane. Slightly Odd Way by Jebediah was a huge influence on me. It really spoke to that disillusioned youth in me as I was leaving home and, and discovering the world. And still to this day, that album has such an emotional effect on me. Hi, this is Chelsea from the Sunny Coast. I remember listening to Slightly Odd Way in the boarding house back in 1997. Yeah, we used to listen to it on repeat. And then I remember seeing them live for the first time at UWA in 98, or it could have been 99. And then I recently saw them for my birthday a couple of weeks back in the Lullabar, and it was like yesterday. It was awesome. This is Anthony from Melbourne. My favourite Jebediah memory is when they headed to the Churchill Hotel up in Gippsland, just outside of uh, Morwell in 96 or 97, and they played the chill bar up there and probably in front of about 50 people. I remember with Jamie and Mel uh, rocking along to uh, Jebediah before they were well known. So it's fantastic to look back at uh, what they've become and uh, how far they've gone since uh, those days back at the uh, Churchill Hotel. The J-Files.